Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, I think the Lakers just scored again. Man, uh, no pounding on the mic stand today, huh? I mean, no. My, my, <laughs> it's, it's, it gets to stay intact. Yeah, I don't have to worry about cutting my hand on all these like weird wires that sticks out stick out of it. Uh, that was that. I mean, I had been kind of looking for just a straight up ass whooping. <laughs> that was they uh on Mamba Day too and them sweet ass jerseys, man. Those are so clean. I wish I wish they had a little more purple to them or any purple in them whatsoever. Oh god, you could you could complain about anything in what I I mean are what are what are the Lakers iconic colors? Purple and gold. I understand. Like you could do like a trim. I get like have you ever seen purple like trim on a black jersey it actually looks really slick it does look cool it does so good i love how these look though yes yeah i mean i i like them too i would just add the team's color it doesn't seem like a way this is what (laughs) exactly (laughs) today's show we are going to take you back through uh the absolute ass whooping just redheaded stepchild uh, the, the Lakers did to the, to the trailblazers. And uh, it's the kind of thing that like, there are some, one of my favorite, I forget who tweeted it, but when somebody said that playoff losses will make you feel like you're never going to see your team win again. Right. Uh, some playoff wins you'll walk away from me. Like, I just don't know how anybody beats that team. And that's how I walked away from that, from that game. I yeah, just don't know when LeBron is playing the way that he was playing. And then when AD is doing the stuff that he's, he was doing out there on the court there, there, I just don't know that there is uh, a, a pair of superstars that can match that level of play. I mean, there's not like, you don't beat that team that we saw today. That was, we've got a higher ceiling than any other team in the league. Cause that was us. Dude, you know how good this team is on defense? <laughs> like, Portland is in the playoffs because their their offense is amazing. They're a top five offense in the NBA. They got better in the bubble, and we have shut that down yeah. in the playoffs. Like if we were winning these games and shootouts, it's like, yeah, of course LeBron's supposed to score, score thirty eight against them. They got nobody that can guard him. Same true with AD, right? And we put up a buck thirty five in this one because our jumpers were following. But for the first four games of this series. It's been our defense, man, that Mm -hmm. even in game one, that's the only reason we were in that game. And so we've taken a top five offense and completely dismantled them. So are we going to be able to do that going forward against different styles of teams, things like that? I actually think there's a good chance we will, but that remains to be seen. But the defensive performance if that's if it, if they defend like this and like they're getting into zero they're getting to zero in on one team and that's part of it i think yeah. but if they can defend like this our jumpers are going to come and go but we're going to be in every game and this is the version of them when the jumper jumpers are falling and it's just it's an unbeatable team when they're when they're shooting like this yeah i you tweeted out something that that it was a wild proclamation and then like the more i thought about it i actually really agreed with it and you said that um that was the best you know stretch of ad's you know season on the defensive end oh, uh he was ridiculous <laughs> man it like 
So Portland spent a lot of time complaining about calls and it felt to me like it wasn't so much the calls themselves that were bothering them. It was just like, we have to lash out at something because we're completely helpless here. Yeah. There was frustrating. We can do. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I thought a big part of that is that anytime anybody was taking a shot anywhere near the rim, AD was somehow playing vertically and, and contesting everything. Uh, he was, he had a he had a play where he knocked the ball away from Nurkic, dove on it, somehow made a pass from his back. That might have been the best pass of his season, like the pa- <laughs> the pass from his back over the top of him to to LeBron. Like I've seen this guy not be able to make like a typical jump pass out of a double double team uh, with with without enough accuracy, and that was on the money. So. AD, now that I've seen that, I'm expecting better things from you out of double teams. If you're ever <laughs> like, if you can ever make that pass off of your back, but, uh, but yeah, I thought you know, and, and he leaves the game with those uh, stress or with the back spasms, uh, even though that felt more like, yeah, we're just shutting him down and and we're giving him you know, here's your excuse kind of thing. Uh, I, he was like, that, that's the best 18 minutes of basketball. You're really going to see from, from that position. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like sometimes in a blowout like this, you'll get wacky plus minus numbers, but the plus 37 can actually really be backed up. Like if you go back and you watch the minutes that a 80 played, you could see how he arrived at a plus 37 in those 18. Bro, it was like the best defensive shift of the season, and he's had many, and he went to the bench with 16 points. Like, it was – I love that they're not posting him up as much. There's a lot more pick and roll, pick and pop. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a team where with both starting – starting both uh, Nurkic and Whiteside, the perimeter is where AD's advantage is going to be. And that's something that I – with AD, it's like – he's either going to be too big for the guy that's guarding him, or he's going to be too fast for the guy that's guarding him too fast and Mm -hmm. skilled. And now being bigger than the guy he's guarding or that's guarding him doesn't necessarily mean throw it to him in the post 17 feet away. Like there's a better way to take advantage of that, but he is a mismatch with almost everybody in the league and seeing him just play to what the defense can't do over the last couple of games and see the Lakers go to those pick and rolls and pick and pops and let AD really take advantage from the perimeter has been really great to see. And it's, I think it's unlocked some of his offense and he's stacking that on top of just these incredible defensive performances that like we really saw the Lakers clicking on all cylinders. And I thought a big part of it, they scored 25 fast break points in the game and Every single time they leaked out, they were getting a good look every mm-hmm. single time. And, and now the important thing is that you have to finish those good looks. And that's something that the Lakers are doing now more often. But uh, I, I thought so early on, like in game one, in, in, the, in the game one loss, I thought they were trying to do too much running on makes because mm-hmm. I don't I don't really think that's their game. Uh, I think it's a very difficult thing to do in the first place, but I especially don't think it's really what the Lakers are, are, are should be really trying to do. When they're running on stops, on live ball stops, I just, when you have a big like AD who can get up and down the court the way that he does, when you have LeBron 
you know, finishing and transition in the way that he can and make decisions uh, in the ways that he can. Danny Green, you know, catching the ball while running towards the basket um, really unlocks his abilities as a shooter, I think. And you add all of these things. Like, I think Kyle Kuzma actually makes good decisions in transition and is a very good finisher around the rim. So you add all of these things together. And when you have the Lakers defense clicking the way that it does, and they're they're turning that into immediate opportunities on the offensive end of the court, like that's why that's why this never felt close. Like it just it just it never felt like this was you know the, these two teams are on the same level whatsoever. You were you saw the best version of the Lakers, and I think you're starting to see more and more and more of a tired kind of broken down Blazers team. Yeah, it's like one feeds into the other. There's yeah. got to be some on because like the Lakers looked three or four tiers better than the Blazers did. Yeah, and 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 have like when they really turn it on when we're not shooting, you know. 12% from three or 40% from the free throw line. We, we just look significantly better than them. And there's got to be some degree of, yeah, I thought you made a good point about how like they're frustrated because the things that they're normally good at, they're not being, they're not doing well in this series. So yeah. there's lashing out of the reps and things like that. But uh, yeah, this team, this version of the team clicking on all cylinders, there's got to be some degree of like, we're not going to be able to stop this anyway. So like, what's the, point of i like they're tired from playing as many minutes and playing the very high intensity games just to get into the playoffs in the first place that this is exactly the wrong team this lakers team to play after what portland went through so Mm -hmm. i I do see a certain degree of like i don't want to say giving up that's way too harsh but a certain degree of like i'm not gonna fight through it anymore because it's not gonna matter yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I would equate it to, there are some days where I'm dealing with Avery and she just wasn't, doesn't, doesn't want to go down for a nap and she's just super fussy and she's doing all these things. And she has the super useful toy, uh, that is just basically a big fuzzball. And I could fire it at the wall as hard as I want. It's never going to hurt anything. It doesn't make <laughs> a big loud noise when, when it hits, uh, so like, I felt like all of the yelling and stuff that was going on here, uh, with the, with the Blazers talking to the, 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 the referees throughout that game was like me just firing this puff ball at the wall, just cause I need something to, to unleash this annoyance, this frustration, like the, <laughs> everything that comes with trying to raise a, a one-year-old basically on your own at home, uh, while Jen is off at work. And, and, and I saw like Mello, it looked like he was trying to get thrown out. Like, remember, with, remember <laughs> there were a couple Phil? times. Yeah. Remember when Phil, like he would like walk up to the referee and be like, dude, just, just throw me out of here. I'm, Can you I'm please out. throw me out of this game? Yeah. yeah. Just get yeah. me, get me out of this game. I, I felt like, you know, that's what, what Mello was trying to do. Let's take a quick second here. There's a few things I don't want to talk about. A couple, you know, other notes here about uh, this game. I want to talk about the super fun now series between Houston and OKC. Uh, I want to clown on the Clippers a little bit, so we'll do some of that as well. Uh, So hang tight, and we will come back and do that here in a bit. Today's show is brought to you in part by CBDMD. Uh, I'm just coming back. We, Jen and I went 
basically camp for this last weekend and uh, sleeping on the ground or not sleeping in my bed at my age is not exactly the best thing for me moving forward, it looks like. So uh, as my back is as stiff as it has basically ever really been uh, from something like that, I have hopped on to CBDMD and ordered some of their stuff to be able to take care of my back. It's uh, They have this, obviously, the, the, the stuff that I really prefer is the CBD Recover because I need all the help I can get in this department right now. Uh, it has inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 uh, to give the support I need where, where I need it right now. And, and then on top of that, they have the CBD Freeze with menthol uh, that, that also cools the area. So, so the area feels a little bit better <laughs> given whatever the heck I just did, it, did to it over the weekend. Uh, so again, check out or head on over to cbdmd.com and then use the promo code NBA for 25% off your uh, purchase of superior CBD oil products uh, from CBDMD. One more time, that is CBDMD.com. Use promo code NBA for 25% off your first order. So... Last couple kind of notes here uh, with the Lakers, and, and I thought it was one of the things that I was really looking forward to with this matchup was that the Blazers are so bad defensively that eventually the Lakers are going to start, really important Lakers are going to start seeing the ball go through the basket. And, and I think over the last couple of games, Danny Green is shooting around 50% from three-point range. Mm-hmm. KCP shot has picked up. Kyle Kuzma has always been shooting well uh, since the bubble started, but I thought you know, on top of on top of the value that comes with you know playing a hot team and getting slapped in the face, punched in the face right from the get go, uh, I, I thought I think there's more value in playing the Blazers because you're now going up against a team that that you can develop some momentum on. And now mm-hmm. there's going to be you know there's going to be an adjustment period when you're not going up against such an abysmal defensive team. Uh, as, as the Blazers are, but just in general, like everybody who has ever played sports will say, you know, you just need that one shot, that one trip to the free throw line, that one good pitch, that one good throw that, that really kind of gets you going for that game. And then maybe moving forward. Um, I know analytics nerds swear up and down. There's no such thing as momentum, but, but every athlete who has ever played can't possibly be wrong on wrong on that one. Uh, But what do you think about the value that the Blazers offer in in this respect? Yeah, no, it's their team. They're top five offense, but a bottom five defense in the league uh, from a statistical standpoint and in their weakened places where we're strong, and as a result of that, they have to devote a whole crap load of attention to the front of the rim, which we still can be there, but it's also going to lead to a lot of jumpers. Mm-hmm. KCP and Danny Green, like they don't need to shoot 50% from three, but if they can not be like they were in game one mm-hmm. or for a lot of the seeding games, just be like they're, they're high 30s type shooters. Be high 30s from three yeah. and like... 
with the team defending like this, man, we're in really, really good shape. And so them seeing the ball go in the basket, I thought Danny's done a really good job of attacking closeouts, even when his jumper was struggling. Uh, you know, he's done a nice job. In those little old man floaters and that little pull-up 18-footer. and Tried to dunk um, on Nurkic. I loved it. I loved it. Yes. <laughs> the league might freaking uh, drug test him. <laughs> I know. Like, it, Danny Green's been, like, his entire career has been on really good teams and he's got something there in terms of how often he can tap into it. We'll see. But if Danny green has it going, we're going to be extraordinarily tough to beat. And he is, uh, I was worried coming into the series of him on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. Can he stay in front of McCollum? Can he do his job on, on those smaller, quicker guards. He's been fantastic on the defensive end all series and has really helped help kind of calm, calm my feelings on that. And when I look at it, zoom out from there, like we're good defensively at every position. Morris, Morris has been fantastic in yes. this series on yeah. both ends of the floor. And just like, there's so many pros and dudes that know what they're doing, but yeah, this is a team with the Blazers where there are fortuitive, uh, first round matchup for us because of that bottom five defense. Good to see them seeing the ball go through the basket. It's going to get tougher going forward in future series, but this was a great, great way to see that happen, especially in the bubble in an environment when they've been pretty bad as shooters uh, in those seating games. Yep. Uh, all right, let's move on to Houston and OKC. I thought that Houston was just better, uh, but now OKC, I believe they've tied it up, right? It's now, it's now two, two, uh, and uh, you have James Harden taking out his frustrations on hand sanitizer uh, dispensers. I I still contend that Houston is the scarier team just because of the variance, the amount of variance, and the high upside variance that they mm-hmm. that they bring to the table. But I also don't really want to go through a series where Anthony Davis has to bang with Stephen Adams for six, seven games like that. Mm -hmm. That just sounds awful from a perspective of moving forward there. So uh, I don't, I don't really know who I want to win this series, but as, as you've watched this series now get evened up, has your opinion changed on the two teams and maybe who, you you know, if it, even if it's like not necessarily who you'd rather face, but maybe what, OKC brings to the table in ways that you didn't think so as they were down 2-0, anything like that? It's more like I don't take a ton of translatable factors from either team in terms of what it would mean if they played the Lakers. If you're watching these games, it's Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, SGA. That's where the offense is really is really beating Houston's defense. I in watching Houston's defense, and I want to get more into tape on them. Uh, hopefully, could do that soon. Hopefully, Lakers close it out on in Game Five, and I can kind of turn my attention. But yeah, um, my instincts are that you have to. The word that keeps coming to mind with Houston's defense is you have to puncture them. You have to puncture their defense and hmm. like, get into the middle of it. And they do a lot of things to keep. Like if you're swinging the ball around the perimeter, you're not going to beat them. Yeah. You have to get into the middle of it, but they've, they can swarm, right? They've got, they've, it's got this like kind of mosquito-y or, or, you know, swarm of bees type of defense mm-hmm. where you have to, it, it can't be just this like direct attack, but 
and that's why I think LeBron is actually capable of that kind of direct attack. Like he can beat a guy on the perimeter and seal the guy on his shoulder and get all the way to the rim in a way where like Robert Covington's not going to bother it. Nor mm-hmm. is like, we've seen Whiteside get some blocks on him. Nurkic get some blocks on LeBron. There isn't that type of guy. Right. So I think yeah. LeBron, the scorer is really important. Um, but OKC is really beating them with their guards doing the puncturing, right. To that dribble penetration in a way where LeBron's kind of our only guy that does that. So I don't think it's translatable in that respect. Uh, I think a Lakers OKC series would actually be pretty high scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm less worried about the prospect of facing them just because I think that like it's a styles make fights type of thing And Houston style. I could see it perplexing us along with the variance point that you made it. You know, I would love to see us play Houston seven times where we zero in on just them and see what our game plan is to get into the middle of the defense, to attack the front of the rim and how we do that. I, I think we could do a, a great job of that, but I'm a little more nervous just because their style is so unusual that there's not as much precedent for how to beat it. I think the the ways to beat OKC are more conventional. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, OKC just also has a few guys or enough guys that just historically have always bothered the Lakers. Like Mm -hmm. Danilo Gallinari is somebody (laughs) who like, if, if he just played against the Lakers, he'd be a hall of famer. (laughs) I mean, Um, he's pretty good as it is. He's an underrated offensive player, especially. Yeah. And so, you know, that the combination of, of Gallinari and Adams in the front court uh, makes me a little nervous. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, just being like smaller guards have always given the Lakers problems. And then Chris Paul is like one of the greatest small guards ever. So. I mean, <laughs> I, I like what we've done to the small guards of Portland though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this might be a hot take. I think Paul can be tougher to guard than Dame, uh, just cause <laughs> he's, he's a better passer. So like, mm-hmm. like Dame, if you take away his shooting and you know, you press him hard enough. I think he he finds it difficult to facilitate to make up for what he isn't bringing to the table as an offensive threat himself. Uh, and you kind of saw it in in the game last night, right? Where uh, he played twenty seven minutes, scored only eleven points, and was a minus twenty five. You know, um, and, and and so with Paul, though, I feel like. He's so crafty and he has such a great understanding of the things like it, it's, it was just a matter of time before he uh, figured out how to kind of poke enough holes in Houston and then spread that kind of message to uh, SGA and to Schroeder. And, and, and I just feel like you give Paul seven games of Alex Caruso of Contavious Caldwell Pope um, and then in some stretches, Danny Green, and I, I think he's going to give the Lakers significant issues there. Um, I still would rather face OKC over Houston because uh, because the other thing, too, that Houston does a really good job of is they really tempt you into making the, the inefficient decision on offense. So like, you get so many bad matchups there that you just think, yeah, let's give the ball to AD. Uh, in the post against Jeff Green. And while that's a pretty good option, it's not as good an option as, yeah, let's put AD in the pick and roll and really getting getting moving him uh, towards the basket. So, 
that the, those are the kinds of things that would kind of really, really scare me from Houston in ways that like, while OKC is a little scary, it's not as potentially terrifying as some of the things that, that OKC can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, but at the end of the day, like I think LeBron takes over that series as a score. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll see, you know, hopefully it's nice to kind of look ahead. We got one more. Uh, You think we close this out in five? I think so. I mean, I just, we saw a lot of like you, you, you were right not to call it give up or, or, or quit or anything like that, but we saw a lot of realization of, Oh, okay. yeah, it's more like broken, right? Like yeah. a def- defeated. Right. Right. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think you see the Blazers bounce back from that. I think they've, they've passed the point of no return. You. I, I, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm trying to stay away from predictions and things like that, but I, I do think we are well on, on the right track to doing that. Yep. All right. Let's take one more quick second here. And when we come back, we have a few uh, loose ends to tie up and we'll get you guys out of here. Today's show is brought to you in part by rockauto.com. Did you know that chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers? rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market market will bear uh, just like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login they've been doing this for 20 years and they have everything from engine control modules to brake pads to brake parts to tail lamps motor oil uh, and then even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need for your car in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specs and prices you prefer go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and then write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need that's rockauto.com Probably not the best sign that Paul George has Jamichael Green telling the media that we, they are are really focused on getting him out of his head. That's wild. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the kind of thing that, like, Paul George almost has to fight Green over because you don't want that out there. Like, don't be honest in that spot. Sure. Just like, don't, don't say anything. Just let me, let me do this. And one, I I don't know if you can actually talk about different guys or whatever. So, so yeah, I can't like, so, so these are the, these are the parameters. I cannot talk about like the acquisition of players. Okay. We aren't talking about that. I can't talk down on individual like i can be like hey, our shooting that. our shooting was really bad today <laughs> right okay, like okay, you can okay. look at the box score and see what you know who who may be the culprits for that but i can't really talk down on our guys okay right? like i'm not gonna be we're still anyway. good there we're still in the, uh-huh. we're still in the clear i think uh i also i i cannot i cannot slander players from other teams to the degree that i really want to i want to join in on this particular topic more than i think i'll be able to but let's give it a shot all right here's a theory i have 
And because the human element of this is, is always something that's really deeply fascinated me. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a player in the NBA that is less equipped to empathize with Paul George being in his feelings as Kawhi Leonard is. <laughs> right? Like, Paul George is going to appro- approach Kawhi and say, like, man, I just, my mentions are so mean. And <laughs> can you imagine the, the, <laughs> the face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the look that Kawhi is giving him there. Like, what do you want me to say, dude? Get over it. Turn your phone off. I still have a flip phone in my 97 Suburban, you know? Uh, do you think Dallas has a chance in this? I do. I really deeply do. And, yeah. and I, I, I really think. You know what, and and this is I, I don't I don't know Paul George well enough to where like I want to besmirch him personally or anything like that. I don't I'm not I'm not about that. But if 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 what Jermichael Green is saying is true, and then you see that like Paul George turned off comments. You also saw that weird post on social where he was like, "Why are you thinking about me? I don't even think about you." Kind of thing. Which like it, that post in and of itself is proof that you're thinking about fans talking mm-hmm. about you. So sure. um with that is the only evidence to support my theory here. I really think Paul George is too in his in his head to be as significant uh an impactful player as he needs to be in this series. And and like maybe that changes. You know, these are the kinds of things that once you get it, you just kind of get it. Sure. Um, See some shot shots fall and you know yeah. it's maybe a different story. Or even even like if I were Doc, I'd be like, all right, Paul, you aren't you don't have it offensively. Maybe you aren't gonna get it offensively, but can you just go out there and for the time that you're on the court make Luca's life a living hell? Sure. Like can you just can can we just can we can you impact the impact the game in that way? Can you be a facilitator on the other end? Can you make like the and and it's wild to me that somebody as talented as Paul George is might be reduced to what he appears to be reduced to in, in this series. And and I don't think it's the best sign that Patrick Beverly is such a night and day player for the Clippers. Um I, I just it's it's I don't think that's great. Can we can we talk about that real quick just from a yeah. pure basketball standpoint? Yeah, let's go for it. The from what I've seen with the Clippers the reason why Pat Bev is so important to them is that they've got three other guards. They like the Clippers like to switch and they've got three guards in Reggie Jackson, Landry Shamit, and the Williams that in a switching scenario, other teams, if they have a dominant perimeter scorer, will hunt, will hunt. They'll have that guy set the screen. You saw them do this with Reggie Jackson over and over in game four mm-hmm. of that Dallas Clippers series. Now, when Pat Bev is healthy, they can get a five-man lineup out there that has guard defense with him, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Morris, and either Green or who's their other fifth Harrell, right? Mm-hmm. That they can switch everything. Some guys are better than others, but there isn't like we hunted Morris, for example, mm-hmm. LeBron. And that's something that I think we would do again. But if Pat Bev is not out there, you're hunting a smallish guard yeah. in those switching scenarios with lineups that don't have much rim protection behind him. And that's part of the reason why. And it, so it's a really simple, like the, the Clippers were put forth as this 
un, you can't score on them such a dominant defense. They haven't played much together this season, so mm-hmm. not particularly cohesive. A huge thing that like the as much as I understand load management from a medicinal standpoint, from a team chemistry standpoint, you're really seeing it show up here. Right. And now they can have dominant stretches on the defensive end because Kawhi, like some of the things Kawhi does as a defender, I'm just like, he's ridiculous, man. And Paul George is still a hell of a defender. Um, And so they can have possessions where their individual defense takes over. But, and if they don't have Pat Bev, they just don't have the guards to be able to execute a switching scheme effectively, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so we'll see if he's available. If so, how effective he'll be. But I I agree that, that, you know, Dallas has a chance. Hopefully Porzingis can play, but that they're, they're susceptible to the type of player that Luca is that pick and roll type of guard that can beat switches and that five out spacing, um, yeah, I I think Dallas has a chance as well. I wouldn't give the, put them as the favorite over these next three games, but I I they're certainly not afraid of the Clippers at all. I think another way to say you know to kind of describe what you're talking about defensively there is like if you looked at it from a spacing standpoint on offense, right? You can you can get away with or ideally you have five threats from the outside to be able to have you know, fully modern NBA spacing, right? You can get away with four threats on the, on the perimeter uh, and still have pretty good spacing. Uh, Any less than that, you're, you're really starting Uh to, you know, you're really starting to, to, to risk the geometry of, of the court. And, and I think, you know, when you're trying to switch out there, ideally you have five defenders who can switch across the board. You can get away with four, but once you get into the three region, region, one of those two defenders is going to be an outright target, right? And like you said earlier, Morris can be a bit of a target, but he's big enough to where it's it's a more difficult ask to, to cons- consistently take advantage of him. But when you have three or if you have two defenders and, and both of them are not at that kind of level, um, and either of them are coming from the guard spot. You know, what we saw the Lakers do with Lou Williams uh, was a thing that, that, and, and like, I, I actually really enjoyed um, some of the response that, that the Clippers writers had to Doc's game plan uh, online, you know, cause I, to be frank, I think in some cases they've kind of treated them with kid gloves and it was nice to see them like really lash out. Like guys, what the hell is Reggie Jackson doing in on this possession? What do sure. we do? It's a defensive possession. Like he should, he shouldn't be out there. Yeah. You know? They've got coffee and man uh, on the bench as well. Who yeah. Probably better defenders. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Not just from like the petty standpoint of like, haha, you guys are <laughs> a little <laughs> nervous right now, but also just from the standpoint of like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to cover these guys um, in, in a way that we really see it. And I, uh, while I, I know Patrick Beverly is like the perfect point guard for a Kawhi and, and uh, Paul George team, though, I think I would prefer my point guard to have a little bit more creativity chops, but mm-hmm. that's, that's besides the point. I, on top of the stuff that we're talking about from a basketball standpoint, he's a big part of their identity and you can only do so much talking from the sideline, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that with Steve Nash in the in the Dwight Mayor year, where 
Nash was really trying really hard to be an impactful player from the sideline and, 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 and as a coach essentially, but that's not what the Lakers signed him to do. And I think here with, with Patrick Beverly, him like getting into Luka Doncic and, and starting, you know, the, 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 the same thing we saw with Avery Bradley uh, with the Lakers where, the defensive identity, the the Avery Bradley challenge, well, that was a Patrick Beverly challenge. And so much of that, you know, the 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 dog fight in the uh in the Clippers started with his approach. And not having that as well as like just from a, from a pure basketball standpoint, I can see why it would be such a you know a step back. But that said, this is still a two seed against a seven seed and 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 it shouldn't be that big of an impact. You're, there's also like that Luca dude is special. Yeah, he's special, and yeah. like they're against pretty much any other seven seed. What the Clippers are doing would be just fine, and they'd be up three one, and it'd be whatever, right? Um, the the types of shots that he's hitting, the the moments in which he hits shots, which I, again, this is something that analytics will kind of rail against, but I think that the ability to stem a run or the ability to answer a big three on one end with a big three yeah. on your end, just there are certain plays that, that swing momentum that are really important. And, and he just has a feel for all of that. And he's super competitive and he's not scared of these dudes and just, they're, they're really competing. They're really fun to watch. Um, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully Porzingis can, can get back into the mix, but either way, like is going to be a hell of a last three games. I hope it goes seven. Yeah. Yeah. For selfish reasons too, but as well as I just want to see these guys play against each other three more times. It's, it's been the best series of the first round. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Lakers podcast. One more time, the Lakers just absolutely and thoroughly demolished the Portland Trail Blazers 135-115 to and take a commanding 3-1 lead in this series that I think both Pete and I uh, both believe is probably going to be over on Wednesday. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll, we'll keep, you know, covering the, the team on that. Thing to keep an eye on for tomorrow is how Anthony Davis's back goes, and then we get to watch the games that we just talked about here. So, so uh, a great, exciting next few days here as as we get to see the Lakers move out of the first round for the first time in, in quite some time. Feels like so. Uh, make sure you guys continue to stay safe out there. Keep those questions coming in on iTunes. We appreciate you guys being able to give us the content to help us get us through uh, the the weeks that that these things can be. Uh, But again, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. Pete and I will talk to you again tomorrow.